Let's do it. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and on my left-hand side today is my right-hand man, Gabriel. We have to love you like that because of the coda. That's right. And today on Rock Metal Podcast, we nice. have... Nice. <laughs> Natural performer. <laughs> we have Dead Poet Society. They have a new album called Exclamation. The Exclamation Album. To be released on March 12th via Spine Farm, and right yeah. now being joined by Jack to share some more information about this uh, stellar release. Because something I'm noticing, Jack, is you guys have a lot of buildup to this release, especially on Spotify. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah a lot of people are getting excited about it, and I'm, and I'm. It's making me excited. Also, equally nervous, but also excited. Okay, let's chat about that. Number one, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are quite welcome. Now, you mentioned being excited about the release. That we understand. You also mentioned being nervous about the release. So take us through the emotions that you're feeling about this release. <clears throat> um, well, I mean, it's been two years in the making. So it's, it's, just, it's just time for it to come out. And now that it's actually here, um, I'm like, I'm excited, but I'm also worried about how it's going to do. And the fact that I can't tour it and... And, you know, but it's my favorite stuff we've ever written, which you'd hope from, you know, as you go along in your career that you're always writing better and better stuff in your own opinion. But uh, (laughs) I'm excited about it. In my opinion, this is the best thing on the market right now. And (laughs) I'll get out of here. I'm very, very humble about that. Right. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, something you mentioned, uh, two years in the making, and it's also your favorite stuff ever written. So take us through the two years in the making part. Did did 2020 make that longer, or was it going to take two years anyway? It was going to take two years anyway. I mean, mean, if you were to technically look at it, it would be like almost three years since we started writing the album, because we finished it kind of towards the end of uh, the, the start of quarantine. That's when we finished it. So... 2020 didn't really hinder the writing process that much. It was, you know, we only had maybe one or two songs left to finish. And uh, we were mixing remotely with uh, a guy named Tom Dalgetty who mixed uh, Royal Blood's first and second album. And um, and so regardless, we were going to be going over email. I think, the, I, you know, I think Tom was actually going to come to L.A. during May. And that's when we were going to write. So maybe it did hinder it. You know, I don't really know. It got done, though. It got done. <laughs> it got it got done. Okay, I'm out. I'm on his Wikipedia page because you mentioned Royal Blood. He's also done the one of my favorite mixes of all time is the Ghost album with rats on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that too. Uh, prequel. Yeah, there we go. Um, I know Royal Blood is very popular. I oddly enough. Can't think of any Royal Blood. I should listen to them. You know what I'm going to do, aside from listening to you, you guys? You absolutely should res- listen to them. I, they're one of my favorite bands of all time. Okay. Why and, is that? Uh, well, I think that, you know, like, I hadn't really... When I joined Dead Poet Society, I listened to rock, but I didn't really listen to it that much. I, you know, I was, I was more into, like, really laid-back, uh, sort of more acoustic, feely kind of stuff, like, you know, John Mayer and Jack Johnson. So... When I got back into rock, it 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 was kind of like a um, a revival of like a childhood passion of mine. But the problem was with that is that there really weren't any rock bands out there that sounded cool and fresh and new. So, you know, my musical taste didn't really shift. Even though I was in a rock band, I didn't really shift back to that till they came out. And the funny thing is, when my friend, when my when our guitarist, who's also named Jack, 
showed me Royal Blood back in like 2014. I didn't really like him. It, I didn't. I didn't like him until I saw him live. And then when I saw him live, I was like, "Oh my god, like this is insane!" <laughs> and uh, ever since then, you know, they've just been they've been one of my favorite bands. Isn't that crazy when you see a band like uh, I can think of um, going back a ways at this point, almost 20 years, but the band Cold, which I guess you, mm-hmm. could, you could call like a new metal band. And right about the time they had released the record that has like Stupid Girl on it which is massive radio hit for them. Like I had heard of cold, but it wasn't until I saw them live where I was like, Whoa. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's those bands, man. I mean, like sometimes, sometimes it takes seeing them live. I mean, like another one of my favorite artists, St. Vincent, I didn't really get her music until I saw her live. And that was kind of by accident because I went to, uh, I, I got some tickets from a friend to go to Boston calling and she happened to be playing. And my friend Emily and I went and, and we were like, well, let's stay for St. Vincent. Cause everybody keeps telling me she's amazing. And so stayed for it. And it was like the best live show I've ever seen. Wow. Now that's obviously you guys hired Tom to do uh, the mixing on the record. So that explains, yeah. that explains the sound on it. But I mean, I guess, Take us through that. How did you guys, did you guys just reach out to him? How did that, how did the whole thing happen? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, like our, our A&R, our A&R, Darren, um, reached out to him and, uh, and started the connection and we weren't expecting a reply. I mean, because, you know, it just seems, you know, so unattainable when, when, <laughs> you know, like your one of your favorite bands, mix engineers is like, he's not going to reply to us, but he got back and, and we were like, oh, okay. All right. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess this is real. Let's do this. And we got on the phone with him. It was our manager, A&R, and the rest of the band. And he started talking about how they came up with some of the stuff for Royal Blood's first album. I was like, what am I listening to right now? Like, <laughs> this is not real. And it was so cool. And he's, and he's such a nice guy. And, and it was so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm speculating he was willing to work within your price range. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was. Yes. He was willing to work within our price range, which we were really excited about because, you know, I'm, I mean, I think he really, really liked the music and uh, knew that we were a small band coming up and didn't have didn't have a ghost size budget. So he worked with us and, and that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the power of the whole thing is is uh, is bands working on the music that you like. And that's what struck me. What I've heard so far from this album is that, um, that's a very unique sound. And as you were chatting about being into like John Mayer, for example, and then getting more into rock, I think that kind of explains a little bit more to me about this stuff, but take us through the record. What were you guys aiming to do? Did you have a vision outside of just getting Tom to mix it? Um, well, I mean, there was yes and no, yes and no, because I think we are, everybody in the band is so ADD that, that it's, it's hard for us to listen to albums front to back a lot of times. And I think that, I think that a lot of people kind of suffer from this album fatigue when they go through an album that they love, that, that you listen to it and you get this particular vibe from the artist. And once you're happy and you're satiated on that vibe, you'll go to a different artist and you'll get your next vibe. And we kind of wanted to hit every single point and every single vibe that we could along the way so that you didn't get 
kind of fatigued after a few songs and be like, okay, this is cool. Like I get, I get the album. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I'll go back and listen to it when I feel like it again. And that's kind of mixed with the fact that because we're so ADD, we never really, once we write a song a particular way, it's hard for us to write a song that way again. Okay. Cause we get, just get bored of the sound. And so when a, a kind of like a philosophy for writing that we all tend to follow is that you always just let the art dictate the art. You don't try to sound anything. You don't try to put parameters on it. You don't try to do anything with it. You just let the art do what it wants to do. And whatever you come out with, as long as it's good in your opinion, then it's good. And so what that resulted in was really heavy songs, alternative songs, and like a folk song at the end and (laughs) some of our heavier blues stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's chaos, but I think that that chaos kind of works together because it all sounds like us. It's just always from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you mentioned some heavy stuff and I definitely get that vibe almost, uh, almost a doomy kind of sound in the way the guitars sound like they're about to break any minute. Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, that's, I mean, that's something that we love. We, we, we love really, really heavy music, but we also love melodies and, and we wanted to kind of bring this, approach that you know it's oftentimes you find that you know you get we get bored when it's when it's apples paired with apples you know it's it's like uh it's like when you hear heavy guitars you expect to hear a heavy voice and when you hear like soft stuff you expect to hear soft and and so i think that has always kind of been like a um a uh part of our songwriting is is that we want to create stuff that's, you know, catchy and all that. But, you know, I mean, that's the stuff we're drawn to. Mm-hmm. But we like to try to make it new somehow. Yeah. Now, I'm watching the stripped down version of Love You Like That right now on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've got two questions. First question is, as a guitar player, I'm super stoked on this guitar that you're holding here. Oh, it's so dope, isn't it? Because <laughs> I love telecasting. It's a Friedman. Okay. Um, take us through that. You love what, telecasters. What, go ahead. Yeah, I love what telecasters. Yeah, um, the body shape. There's something about it, but I know it's not a telecaster. But take us through this guitar. What is this guitar, and why are you using it? Um, so we just got that guitar like maybe a month ago, and um, and it's it's called a Friedman. I had never heard of them before I bought them, but we knew we needed a nicer guitar because all of our guitars are from like sectors from high school. And so <laughs> we were like, we've never had like a legit well-made instrument before. And we need something that sounds better when you plug it into a computer. So let's, uh, let's go searching for something. And that guitar was the first thing that caught my eye when we walked into the Hollywood guitar center. I was like, that I think is going to be the one. And we sat down and played it and it sounded insane. And so we decided, okay, well, uh, we got the money for it right now. Let's pull the trigger. And we bought it and it, I haven't regretted it. It's, it's a sick guitar. It's awesome. Wow. Okay. I'm on their website now. I'm trying to find some stats on it or some kind of information on, on this guitar, but yeah, it definitely looks good. I'm guessing it sounds good, but what we're hearing on the record is that the not sounding good guitars. <laughs> <laughs> that is the not sounding good guitars. Those are the Schecters that that we bought in tenth grade because we played metal. Well, I didn't play metal. Jack played metal. Yeah, 
I've always found Schecter's have like a, it feels like I'm playing a baseball bat. That's what it feels like I'm playing. It's just, I don't know. They're dense, dude. They're dense. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, like the, um, the Schecter that we have, it was really good for heavy tones. It just really wasn't good for like anything other than that. (laughs) (laughs) Now going back to guitar tones, um, how much, how much of uh, on the record is like Tom doing like reamping and stuff or did, is that what you guys like recorded? He, he reamped pretty much everything. Um, we, uh, we always go DI into the computer just because there's a lot more opportunity to, uh, play with sounds and, and, you know, make things sound as terrible as possible. And finally, you know, through, through doing that, you'll find something new and cool occasionally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so when we got the tones that we liked and everything that sounded really good, uh, Tom went through and reamped everything to give it more of a natural sound. And yeah. Okay, cool. I'm looking more at this stripped down version. I guess my next question is why a stripped down version? I mean, why not? But I mean, I guess why, <laughs> you know, a stripped down version for love you like that. I think that, uh, I think that that's kind of like my roots kind of calling. I mean, I, I love, I love really soft and peaceful kind of music and, and weirdly enough, as heavy as our music can be, it can sound really good that way. And so if you're going to reinvent your own song, just go to the polar opposite side of it and see if that works. And if it does, then yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it did. I think it worked very well. I think so. I hope so. Uh-huh. Otherwise, that's a piece of garbage on YouTube. <laughs> it, it, there's no garbage on YouTube at all, uh, Jack. Oh yeah, you wouldn't say. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't say. Especially, especially the comments on on YouTube. None of those. Those are all gold. Oh, those are amazing, dude. I love I love the comment section on YouTube, especially when we get hate. Do you guys get hate? Actually, yeah, surprisingly. Surprisingly, the first- I mean, not surprisingly, but yeah, yeah, no, we'll, we, yeah, we get hate occasionally. And, and for some reason it's, it's very fueling. It makes me laugh so hard. I, it's just like, I, it, it doesn't ever really truly bother me. It's, it's weird. It's, I guess it's, yeah, maybe it's some sort of like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. Whenever we get hate comments, it genuinely makes me laugh. It's just the funniest thing. Cause it's taking all of the like insecurities that I know about ourselves and our band and somebody else is saying it's putting it out there. It's like this re like reaffirming thing. And that's just, I don't know. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> Cause I'm looking at the video for Coda and the first thing I see is how is this band not bigger? OMG. Oh, we get a lot of love too. Yeah, no, we definitely get a lot of love and, and I always appreciate those kinds of comments, but when we really piss somebody off that that's where the gold is. <laughs> I bet. Now take us through this video. There's a lot of fire. There's some bathtubs. There's more guitars. Are these more uh, Hollywood Guitar Center guitars? Uh, yeah, those are Hollywood Guitar Center guitars. I think you can actually see the Schecter in there somewhere. I, I think am I playing it? No, 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 no. Wait. No, no, no. We have we have a Guitar Center. We have this like five hundred dollar Tele, and then we have. Uh, what guitars are we playing in there? What, what guitars do you see? Uh, it looks like, let me wind it back a little bit. I was just hyper-focusing on the whiskey bottle for a second. But, um, okay, that, just from the screenshot I have, looks like a Strat. It's got a humbucker in the bridge and then two single coils, and it looks like a, a lipstick single coil in the neck. And it's uh, got a pick I think guard. that's Dylan. I think that's our bassist guitar. Okay. Which is actually a pretty nice guitar, but we don't use strats just because it sounds too uh, 
particular. Okay. Strats sound like strats. They do. You know. They do. Yeah. Les balls sound like Les balls. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell what kind of a bass it is. I was going to say a, a Fender P bass, but the headstock is different. Um, I don't know if we had what guitar is that. I can't even really remember. We just bought our, oh. our bassist plays a fretless a fretless bass now. Looks like an Ernie Ball and, Music Man bass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the bass we had before this one. Yeah. Okay. And then what is that? Somebody's got a white guitar that looks like a strat. It's got a strat body. Maybe that's Dylan's guitar. I honestly, I should probably go back and watch that music video because I have no idea what we're playing in there. No worries. Talk about how pianos are on fire and there's whiskey bottles on the ground. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So uh, we we decided. Well, okay. So we were working with uh, one of our good friends, Jordan, who is the manager of Bad Flower, and um, he does. He's done our music. The past two music videos we've done, and. Um, he had this piano that he was trying to get. So he lives in this place called California city, which is like this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere in the desert of California. And, uh, he decided that, you know, like I, I need to do something with this piano. I was like, what if we set it on fire in the desert? And he was like, <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Sounds like a great and, idea. Uh, yeah. He was like, Oh, cool. Cool. Cause I need to get rid of it anyways. And, uh, so we found this dry lake bed in the middle of nowhere, which is where we filmed the mi- music video and we doused the, the piano in gasoline and, uh, lit it on fire. And then uh-huh. that is what made it into the video. Okay. I'm actually looking at a photo of the California city skyline. Uh, if you want to call it that looking, look, <laughs> yeah. looking, looking West, that is definitely the middle of nowhere. Ooh, a correctional center. Fantastic. Yep. That's when you know you're in the good part of town when there's a correctional facility. Yeah, I think they got they got themselves they got themselves a prison out there. <laughs> I actually know somebody, I'm pretty sure, that was in that prison. Oh wow. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Was the previous video that you were chatting about uh in too deep? Uh yeah, Coda Coda the one you're looking at and in too deep. Okay. Cool. Yeah, tons of um build up momentum. Uh, for this release is that thanks to to spine farm or how are you guys during this unique time that we're in as a band you know releasing an album everybody's trying to throw spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks uh, how did you guys come mm-hmm. up with the, how did you guys come up with this marketing plan um yes yeah, so spine farm had a massive hand in that i think it was it's it's a combination of them of them you know putting boots to the ground and uh and also just the buildup of, uh, our, the snowball effect of our fan base that we've built up over the years. And, um, I think that's, I mean, that's, it's that combination right there and we're hoping we strike gold with it. So we're, you know, we're trying our hardest and, um, and yeah, Spine Farm has definitely helped a lot in their, in their marketing efforts to get this guy going. Mm-hmm. Hence the reason we're talking, we're, the reason we're talking right now. Mm-hmm. That is exactly correct, my friend. Yes. Cool. What else is there to chat about, Jack? What else? What else, man? I see you're wearing a Canada shirt. I should have worn mine. Where in Canada are you? Edmonton. Edmonton. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was just in uh, London like four months ago. Really? What were you doing in London? Uh, A girl I was dating, we went and visited her parents. Okay. 
it's a cool it's a cool place man it's a cool place <laughs> it's a cool place you guys got a sick rock scene up there well thank you sir uh if you're into technical yeah. if you're into technical death metal just go over to quebec and you'll get lots of that too so oh sick dude i was i was looking for a place that i could move to where they had technical death metal yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah no especially that area that you were in uh you've got like kitty if you remember kitty uh no i don't actually okay Great enough um that was like 20 years ago at this point though but yeah we've got lots of people that come from from that area i'll mention some ones we maybe- got it you guys got like uh, Cleopatric and Zigmentality and uh, a few others that are. Have you heard Cleopatric yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y- yes, I have. Yeah, they're pretty dope. Yeah. Alex, Al- Al- Alex is on fire. Alexis on fire. Yeah, yeah. City and Color Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a, quite a few there. How did you end up meeting a Canadian girl from London? Was she down in California getting some sun? Yeah, we had actually met at one of my shows, and um, and uh, we ended up dating for about a year. And um, and uh, she uh, rode um, motocross professionally. Okay. And uh, she was a big fan of our band, and uh, yeah, we ended up kind of hitting it off at the time. And and uh, yeah, so she was just living down in California. Well, she just kind of moved out there doing motocross. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was retired by that point, but, uh, but, um, yeah, she just moved out there cause she just wanted something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What was that like dating a, a Canadian girl who used to do motocross? What was that like? Uh, it's pretty wild. It was pretty wild to watch her ride because, you know, I saw this girl, that I knew from one of my shows and then we would hang out and go to the beach and stuff like that. And then, and then one day she was like, can you, you know, you want to come watch me ride? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was wild watching her hit all these jumps. And I was like, Whoa, you know, she would talk about it all the time, but you know, I never really like, it's impossible to see the connection between the two unless you're actually seeing her do all this stuff. Yeah. But it's just, it was wild. It was <laughs> wild. <laughs> cool. Now, I guess my big honking question, this, this episode or this interview will air in April, but, um, I guess for anybody who's checking out the interview right now, but they haven't checked out, you know, the album from these tracks that I've heard, is that what we should expect from the album? Cause I've heard like, love you like that. I've heard Coda. I've heard in too deep. Is that what we should expect from the album? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. I, I wouldn't say so, but I would also say so because we got some songs like that, but we also have some ones that are very different. Okay. Very different. So you're going to have to, you're going to go into it expecting that kind of stuff and you might get a little bit of that, but then you're definitely going to not get not get that. <laughs> you're going to be very surprised. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, how are things going in California? Are you guys able to play shows or anything yet? Unfortunately not, but there are places in the U.S. opening up right now. I know, like, Virginia just said 1,000 capacity shows are available, so... No, I mean, everything's pretty much shut down still, but hopefully this vaccine keeps, you know, um, being administered at a rate that allows us to tour as soon as humanly possible. And, like, the instant places open up, we are gone. If, you know, Kazakhstan says shows are back on, we're we're out there, we're going, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Welcome to a Kazakhstan. 
Exactly. My wife. My wife. I play for the gypsy woman. <laughs> This song is about the gypsy. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Jack, we've chatted about the releases so far. We've chatted about the album, a couple music videos. We chatted about guitars. We chatted about the Hollywood Guitar Center. And that took me back for a second. I was wondering if I've ever been there because I've been to like Dam and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That's like 15 minutes from my house. Wow. Very cool. That's in Anaheim, isn't it? Are you in Anaheim? It is in Anaheim. No, I'm in, uh, I'm in Orange right now. Well, actually, I'm moving currently. So right now I'm nowhere. But Anaheim is like 15 or so minutes from anywhere in Orange County. Okay. Cool. And what else did we chat about? Chat about a lot of stuff. Chatted about Tom Delgetti, Burning Pianos, Canadian Girls, Motocross. We even got John Mayer in there for, you know, a little bit of pepper. Uh, yeah. Always got a pepper him in. Always got a pepper him in, baby. We talked about the Canadian uh, rock music scene, particularly in Ontario, oh, which has a, it has a sound in Ontario. Like, I can listen to a band and I can tell they're from Ontario. It, it has, it's, it's crazy. They're like, I don't know, inbreeding or something over there. <laughs> It's got such a vibe, dude. Well, keep it up. Keep it up. Let's see what kind of children come from that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Well, is there is there anything else that you wanted to chat about that we need to chat about? Uh, album's coming out March 12th. Okay. We got a live stream coming out on the 13th, and we are selling tickets for it right now. Okay. Groovy. All right. Well, Jack, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, man.